welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about the college of your dreams. All right, so we've got a really great guest today. Her name is Yolanda Wright. Let me tell you a little bit about Yolanda. Yolanda Wright is the executive director and founder of Focus One College. She received her Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from the University of California, Berkeley. Woo-hoo, go Bears! And Master of Arts degree in psychology from the Pepperdine University Graduate School of Education and Psychology. The Focus One College mission is to equip students with the necessary educational and psychological social support to increase competitiveness in the college admission and scholarship application process. Each student's skills, talents, and interests are leveraged to find best match colleges and scholarships. 100% of Focus One College clients receive acceptance into college. That is amazing. Yolanda, I am so happy that you decided that you were going to be on GYSB Talks today. You're welcome, Carla. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. I I think this is a really good topic Mm -hmm. because, you know, the GYSB Talks podcast, we focus on wellness for women over 50. And there are a lot of women in the community who are parents. And then there are some grandparents in here and some aunties who are supporting their siblings with their children. So Mm -hmm. I think there's some good information that we're going to be able to provide that will help people with their children as they are going to or thinking about going to Mm -hmm. college. So let's just start with Focus One, right? Focus One, this is your business. You're the executive director. You're the founder. Tell me why you created this business. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background. Uh, okay. So when I started my career, you know, I graduated uh, from our, our alma mater, which is Berkeley, yes. um, in psychology <laughs> and received my psychology degree from a uh, master's degree from Pepperdine. And I always thought I was going to go into therapy, uh, become a therapist, uh, but I loved advocacy work. And that's how you and I met at yes. Children. Um, and I love the ad- advocacy work and working with underrepresented um students and young people. And so I uh, focused mainly on foster youth. And so I had the opportunity to uh, pilot a college access program at UCLA specifically for foster youth to help students become competitive in the college application process so um, and, and gain admission into, into college. 
Um, so I learned everything possible about college admissions at UCLA. That's where I received my training. Um, and so I started my own business in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is also, I think, a, a great, you know, example and, and motive, hopefully a motivation for other women out there who maybe want to consider maybe changing careers or going into a different direction. Um, because I absolutely love what I do now. I mm-hmm. love it. I love working with students, helping them with their plan. Um, but my psychology degree actually helps me with that. You mm-hmm. know, so I believe that what I provide my students is something very different. I take on a very holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the logistics of the application and filling out applications. What I do with students is really help them on their pathway, mm-hmm. whatever they want, whatever's going, you know, uh, their dreams, their motivations. And that's the conversations I have with my students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I do is I sometimes I work as early as middle school with students. Okay. So if I start that early, we only meet maybe once or twice a year for those first couple of years, but I help them really start to think about what, what do they love to do? What are they interested in? We start mm-hmm. exploring majors, possible colleges. Um, by the time my students are juniors, we're developing um, the college list. So okay. um, like reach colleges, um, match colleges and safety colleges. Can and you tell so, me the difference yeah. between those three? You okay. said reach, match, and safety. So um, a reach college are those colleges where the, 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 the student that the college typically accepts into that particular college, the stats are a little bit above the, that particular student. Okay. So uh, by GPA, um, but also uh, admission rates. So you can have a student who's a 4.3 GPA, but they're applying to UCLA, which has an admission rate of 12%. That's a reach because that combination of data, right? Their their GPA um, and and other pieces of information regarding like their extracurriculars um, and other parts of their application. uh, But we have to look at admission rates as well. So Mm -hmm. UCLA, for example, will be a reach for any student. It doesn't, right? Because- the admission rates. A match is a combination of your GPA that you're in line with the type of student that they accept into their program Mm. and their admission rate is a little bit more reasonable. Okay. So that would might be around 40, 50, 60% admission rates. Okay. Okay. Anything around 20% and below is, is probably going to be reached for most, for most students. Okay. Um, And then a safety college is where your stats are above uh, the average of the typical student they accept into the program um, and their admission rates are much higher, maybe around okay. 80, 90%. Okay. So when I work with a student on developing their college list, we want mostly matches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is, is that the better that you match with a college, the better admission rates, but also the better financial aid packets. Mm. That's my experience. Because the more that you match, the more that you're stats are in line with students that are accepted into that program or above mm-hmm. you are in competition for those merit-based scholarships for those that additional aid that the college wants to offer okay if you're if you get accepted into let's say your dream college but you're in kind of the the um your stats are not as competitive but you happen to get into the program you're just not going to be as competitive for those merit-based scholarships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So I've had students who've gotten into their top three colleges and they've selected their second. 
or third hmm. voice because financial the program offered them so much more because they really wanted them. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, so I've had that happen. And so I, and I feel that's a very smart approach that students will take. And I encourage students to wait. So they have their dream colleges, they have their matches, they have their safeties. Oh, and, and keep in mind, I make sure that when I work with students that they would be happy at any of those colleges. Okay. So do the research. So even if they decide on their safety, um, it's going to be a college that they're going to be very happy to attend. So mm-hmm. we work hard on selecting those colleges. So uh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of parents. Let's just keep it real. There are a lot of parents mm-hmm. who want their kids to go to certain schools because that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Not not because that's what the kid wants or the, the young person, but they want them to follow in their footsteps or go to a school that maybe they weren't able to go to. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like living through their children. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of parents like to brag, oh, my, mm-hmm. my son is at Howard or my mm-hmm. son is at Harvard. That's not even what the kids want. So what do you do when there's this parent that's kind of overbearing and they want this specific thing for mm-hmm. their child and their child doesn't necessarily want that route? Right. So I feel one of the most important um, factors in student success is their own buy-in. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why uh, families are happy when they hire me to work with their students because I- I'm kind of more of an objective person that the student can speak to because uh, you, the, the families are o- always welcome to join the meetings, maybe the beginning of the meeting for a few minutes. Um, but really all my sessions are one-on-one with a student. Mm. Really find out what do they want in the process? Because again, the more they have buy-in, the better that they're gonna do in the process, the more successful that they're going to be, not only in the college admissions process, but at the college that they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. So what you pose, I've had that happen quite quite often where, mm-hmm. where there's a disparity. <laughs> the parent yeah. wants something different than what the child wants. And, and I've had students where they, they've even talked about backing out. They don't mm-hmm. want it. They don't mm-hmm. want that experience. Um, and they, they talk to me about possibly not even going to college because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a frustrating process for them. So I have, I have for, for example, I had a, uh, a dad who went to an HBCU. He pledged a fraternity and had the best experience, the best HBCU experience and he really wanted that for his son his son did not want that he mm-hmm. didn't want that mm-hmm. he really actually wanted to leave high school and start working he, okay. he didn't want to do the school spirit the you know uh joining a frat and so with me he was talking about I don't think I want college anymore and so we talked to the parents and you know they were upset but but I don't have strong reactions uh like the parents will have I start to ask questions. Well, what are you mm-hmm. looking for? Once he started telling me what kind of experience he wanted out of high school, I told him, I said, you know, there's colleges that can meet that. Hmm. That, that can meet, there's there, some colleges, it's not all about, uh, it's kind of quiet environments. They don't have a football team. Mm-hmm. They don't have, they, they're not really big on frats and, and sororities. Um, and we started looking at colleges and guess what? He found a college, it was a Cal State, mm-hmm. quiet, where he he didn't have he didn't need that he didn't need that kind of social experience that his dad had and guess what he's at that college now he's and he's working and going to school that's the experience that he wanted he didn't mm-hmm. want that that his dad had um and but the the parents ended up being very happy because he ended up at college but mm-hmm. he created a different experience for himself 
really getting that out of them of the type of experience that they want rather mm-hmm. than their parents. And the parents, so when you had this one-on-one with the student without the parents being present mm-hmm. and you had to take that information back to the parents, did he do that or did you do that? Oh, I make sure my students do that. Okay, I mean, good. Uh, from, from my experience, uh, my, my whole you know experience of the last 20 years, um, working with foster youth, working with underrepresented students, really helping them to be advocates for themselves. I love it. Really, really important to me. So when I work with students, I want them to be successful on their own. I want them to start practicing advocacy, advocating for themselves, not only with the colleges, but with their parents as well, having those really difficult conversations. So I had him speak to his parents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we, you know, and I had conversations with, with the parents um, and yeah, so, so I'm a firm believer in helping them to be advocates, to really express their needs, what their goals are, what their, I needs. love that. That's, that's a life skill, you know? So yes. you're, you're, you're in there and you're building these relationships and you're actually teaching life skills, which mm-hmm. is what we used to do at United Friends. That's where I learned all that from <laughs> all our experience at United, you know, United, uh, uh, friends of the children, um, and yeah, just just incorporating my own education, my own work ex- experience, and incorporating that into the work that I do with with students now in regards mm-hmm. to college admissions, really helping them uh, becoming advocates for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about parents who have these dreams, or you know, they're excited about their kids going to college, and the kids don't want to go at all, and and are not going to go? So. Now, just from my experience, this is just from my experience working with families, I've had several students who've said that they didn't want to go to college. Ultimately, they all ended up at, in college. And the reason, and, and I think what, what happens is that I don't think students and families realize that you can use our higher education in any way you want. Hmm. So not everyone needs to go to a four-year college, but I, I'm a firm believer in using our California higher education system, like the um, uh, community colleges. Okay. You can go to community college and get a certificate. You can mm-hmm. do an apprenticeship. You, there's so many opportunities. So I'm a firm believer that higher education is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So like I said, even the, the students who said that they, I don't think I want college, they ended up at in college, they ended up utilizing the system to their benefit to, you know, how it's going to help them get to their goals. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just letting you know my experience. So I, I haven't had a student yet who didn't attend college. So I, I've worked with community college students um, and helped them on that pathway as well. Mm-hmm. So, but there's so many opportunities. Um, so yeah, four-year degree is not necessarily um for everyone, but I believe the higher education system is for everyone. That's my yeah to leverage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's this message that's kind of being put out there by a lot of people that's like, oh, college isn't for everybody, but that's not the whole message. I like the way that you're saying, like, mm-hmm. there are other avenues that you can take, certificate programs that take a year, right. certificate programs that might take six months that'll help you get Absolutely. your foot in the door and something that you're really passionate about. And then you work from there to possibly get additional certificates in the future. But there, there is a way that, like I, like you're saying, you can't actually leverage the system like for to example, work for you. I have students, so I have a lot of students who are in, interested in music. So I've, mm-hmm. I've had lots of experience who want to be, like, you know, where the parent will, will tell me, oh my God, my, my son wants to be um, a rapper. And it's, mm-hmm. and I, I, don't, I don't scoff at that. Like mm-hmm. the parents sometimes are like, almost kind of like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know what to do with them. It's like, that's not a problem for me. Let, hmm. I, 
I'm totally fascinated and interested to talk to the student and find out, okay, what interests you about going into this type of career, doing music? And guess what? It always comes back to skill building as well. And this is what I really ingrain in my students is that you can follow any passion or dream, but you have to build skills. Yes. So let's find out. Okay, you want you like the editing, you like editing music and and or whatever, whatever it is, writing the music, writing lyrics. Okay, you need to master English, (laughs) you need to master some type of technology. Mm -hmm. So let's look at colleges that will help you do that. Okay. Mm there's possibly a, a music production program at a college, which they're more rare at the four-year colleges, but there are some. If they want to pursue their BA, that might be a route. Okay, BA is not their route. Well, let's look at classes at community college where you can go for six months or a year and develop your skills. So I'm a firm believer in really holding my students accountable to their dreams. So, you know, whatever your dream, you need to master it. You mm-hmm. need to, ha- to develop some type of mastery. So let's utilize our higher education system to help you do that. And with community college, it's, um, it's very affordable. Yeah. Um, but I push my students to think about that. To yeah. Think, how are you going to master this dream of yours? And yeah. be out there floating around and not mastering it. So yeah, you- the business side of it, the business side of it as yes, well. That's I know one thing, because my son, as you know, my son is a, a rap artist mm-hmm. and He's also really good at, at writing and everything, but I, I think he's looked at different programs and maybe he needs to, to connect with you, but he's looked at different programs, but they're mm-hmm. not, they're like more for-profit. So it's thousands and thousands of dollars yes. for these programs. And I, and he's kind of backed away from it because he would be in a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, maybe some more research could be done on different things that he could take at the community college level. Where it's more affordable, you know, where, you know, his dad and I could help him with some of that. But I I think that that's great advice. Even like I said, the business side of it, like when you are a successful artist, how are you going to manage your finances? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, some community colleges offer more in a particular area or field. So, um, so like, for example, Santa Monica College, they have lots of certificate programs and opportunities in kind of the digital arts. Hmm. I really also encourage my students to look into a mastering technology because Mm. it doesn't matter if you want to go into music or writing or, you know, medical field or education, you really have to develop your uh, skills in technology. So much is going in that direction. So even if you're looking at music of, you know, so much is done kind of through the internet, through technology. So there's, there's programs out there and for the community colleges, it's relatively low cost. And I really encourage um, students and families to look into that. And that's the work I do with families. So we look for them. We look for those programs because you're absolutely right. right. Those for-profit programs are incredibly expensive. Ooh, a lot of money. So we want to utilize the uh, the public school system, the community colleges, um, to, to find those particular programs that will help your child kind of develop certain skills and be more marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, their industry uh but yeah those for profits i probably would i, I don't i don't really recommend those because i yeah. have so many other options we just have mm-hmm. to find them. Mm-hmm. so we just have to find those um those programs so when when it comes to we're talking a lot about like california community colleges and colleges here mm-hmm. when it comes to parents thinking about and, and young people because you're working more with the student 
about what college is best for them in state or out of state? Do you really consider like the maturity level of the student when you're having these conversations? Like, how does that work? So, uh, yeah, so I, I assist students with um, looking at uh, both in-state and out-of-state. Um, I think it, it just depends on the type of experience that the student wants. And mm-hmm. then, of course, in collaboration with the parents, regardless if it's in-state or out-of-state, out that first year, that student is going to be on their own. Mm-hmm. So um, it's more of maybe the culture and the environment. Because mm-hmm. I think that if a student is, is want to, wants to go to college, I mean, they, they should be able to spread their wings, right? So either in-state or out-of-state, it's more of the culture of the school. And sometimes students may have difficulty, let's say, going to the East Coast. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could even just be the cold. <laughs> you know, they didn't yeah. realize how cold it was going to be. Um, or the culture or what have you. So it's really important. I think it's more of the, the student support services that are at the colleges for mm-hmm. your child mm-hmm. and making sure that they access them. I think that's mm-hmm. more important. Are they going to have maybe some challenges transitioning? That would be normal. So it's more of what's, what's the game plan. So, yeah. and that's what I work with families as well is the cultural, social, psychological piece of it as well. Mm. So I have, you know, especially out of COVID, I would say the majority of my clients experience some type of anxiety mm-hmm. or depression coming out of COVID completely mm. normal. So, and because of my background, I'm, I'm, I feel equipped to kind of address those with the, with the families and the students. And those are issues that I talk about even, you know, outside of COVID with families, what's, what's the support system you have in place. And most families don't even ever think about that or discuss that with their kids. It's not something it's really in the forefront of your mind. You're just excited about college, right? Yeah. They're just excited about applying to college. That's where the focus is, is where they're going to get in. Which, of course, that's normal and natural, but no, hardly anyone really talks about the psychological piece, the mm. social adjustments. Um, and I find that in my experience at UCLA, many of the students, or, well, the students who weren't as successful, for the majority of them, it wasn't necessarily the academic work. It was the, um, the adjustment to a completely different environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was difficult for them. So that's what I look at and talk about with my families when they're they're moving transition to college, and it it really doesn't matter if it's in state or out out of state. Now, out of state, it does come with additional co- concerns, right? Yeah. Getting to your child, them coming home, um, again, the cold, the weather. Um, if it's in a rural area, those type of issues that we discuss um, with with families, and of course, the support system. So I, I some of my students um, have IEPs. Yeah, um, it's seeking disability services. So I will talk to my families about that, of what the support services uh, for disabled students are on the campus and making sure that the student knows how to access that, how to apply, um, how to register and how to access services when, when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm a firm believer, in not just getting my students into college, but making sure that they're prepared mm-hmm. and that when they leave, that they are prepared and thinking about all those type of things of, of how to, how to, where do you go when you're struggling in a class? Mm-hmm. Where do you go when you're having trouble with your roommate? So mm-hmm. we talk about those things. So I, I make sure my, my students are prepared for that. Also, what I assist students with and their families is talking about the financial piece. Uh, I find most families and, and their kids don't talk about that until it's almost too late. 
until they're, they're, <laughs> they have their college offers and then they have to turn down certain colleges because they just can't afford it. Or, or they're in college and they can't finish because they mm. can't. So it's very important to me that my students, my families do not go into huge debt. Yeah. I'm a firm believer against that. Um, so I really work with my families to think about those things before um, they apply during their, the time that they're applying, that they're applying to everything that's available um, so that they're submitting the FAFSA, they're applying to merit-based scholarships, uh, departmental scholarships. Um, so they're applying to everything. So they make sure that they have um, a large portion of their um, education covered. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the Ivy League schools and what they offer that mm-hmm. people may not be aware of? Yes. So um, I really encourage my um, my students who are, who are especially like high performing students. Um, and if they happen to be a student of color, if they happen to be, you know, underrepresented students um, or even uh, students with learning differences, um, these Ivy Leagues and these private colleges really want our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so a lot of families don't know about like the, uh, the fly-in programs. So they're called diversity fly-in programs. And some of these Ivy League colleges, some of these uh, very small liberal arts colleges that have huge endowments, they have tons of money, mm. they will fly your student in for like a weekend with other students and talk to them about college admissions, um, transitioning to college. And it's not an automatic acceptance into the college. The student still has to apply, but I find that students are very successful in that process if they participate in these diversity fly-in programs. Mm -hmm. So I work with families uh, so that they're aware of these programs that they apply. Um, Hopefully some some of the students will be accepted and get flown into these colleges and be offered, you know, uh, yeah. This. Some of these colleges as well, they're, they're considered no loan colleges. Mm. So what that means is that um, they expect, every, you know, most families to contribute uh, s- some portion of the education, but whatever they feel that the family cannot afford, they do not, they, they, um, incur- they, they provide enough grants where the families do not have to take loans. Wow. Yes. That is wonderful. Yeah, so I help uh, these families figure out which colleges are these no loan colleges. Um, So for example, when my daughter applied to college in 2018, um, she applied to the diversity flying program at Wellesley, which Mm. is a small uh, uh, liberal arts college. Um, And they flew her out twice. Um, wow. so it was almost like they were recruiting her because she she was a girl of color in um, uh, going into game design yeah. and um, they offered her a full ride. Now, mind you, she turned it down because her number one choice is USC and she got into USC in the game design program. So now she's graduated and is a game designer. So awesome. Um, but that's what I do with, with families and students. I help them find these programs that are looking for our kids um, and, and be exposed, you know, mm-hmm. be exposed to those, those environments for the colleges to be aware of our students. Um, and they, they offer these, these huge packages. And like in my daughter's case, a, a, a full ride, um, you know, at USC, she, she was on a full ride. I, you know, everything w- was covered. 
sometimes we miss out on these small liberal colleges with these huge endowments on the East Coast, you know, um, that we should be looking at. And so mm -hmm. I, help, I help students find those. And also with these private colleges in these Ivy Leagues, not all of them, but some of them demonstrated interest is very important. And so mm. demonstrated interest is your student's interest in that college. And some of these colleges will track our students. And when I say- How do you, how do you show the demonstrated interest? I can, I can let you know. So one way is that I tell my students, so I'll give you some, some little tricks here. Uh, so one way is to make sure that your student is using the same email for all their college admission stuff. Okay. So and some, some families will even create, or a student will even create a separate email just for their college admissions, you know, process. Um, and, and so when they, uh, when these colleges, they, you want to get on their list. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're, they're kind of mailing lists, but that's, you know, digital mailing lists. Um, whenever you reach out to the college, you want to use that same email. You want to reach out to the admissions counselor who's assigned to your high school. Hmm. So, so every college has an admissions officer who's either assigned to your high school or your geographic area. Okay. So you want to find out who that is. Um, and then when they send you emails, like inviting you to tours, digital tours, um, open those emails because they have a system where they can track if you open their emails or not. A other thing is make sure you do the tours. Um, and, and it's nice if you can visit the campus, but it's okay if you, you can't do okay. the tours. And if, and whenever it asks for an email, please use that same email because they will track it. Now, okay. how important is that? It's not the number one factor. The number one factor in college admissions is the first thing are your grades, right? Your mm -hmm. grades, your test scores, if applicable, some colleges are tests optional. Some colleges are test blind, like the UCs and the CSUs are test blind. They no longer um, use the standardized tests for college admissions. So, so going back to the demonstrated interest, yes, just making sure that you're, you're on their, um, on their radar, radar for these uh, private colleges. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you have the answer for this, but we live in a social media age mm -hmm. <laughs> where these young kids put any and everything mm -hmm. on social media. So my question is, are the colleges looking at social media accounts? Great question. Some are. Okay. So there are other colleges there. They're so large. They don't have the capacity to mm -hmm. look social media so typically the, the you know like the public co colleges aren't are not going to they just don't have the capacity mm -hmm. large but some of these private small smaller colleges they do have the capacity especially if they really want you absolutely and where it matters is later on down in the college admissions process where maybe they're debating mm. so remember how i was saying they first look at your stats mm -hmm. you know your grades um, your, maybe your, your test scores, then, then what's next, what's important next. The next thing that's important are your extracurriculars, your activities outside of school, um, uh, your leadership skills. They start looking at your letters of rec, your essays. So what happens is that your application is usually read several times mm -hmm. and, and they see, okay, how, you know, how far along are you gonna you're going to get in the process before they offer you admissions or you go into the pile that's 
they're not going to offer you admissions. Mm. But then there's a pile of maybes. Mm-hmm. Now, when you if you get to that pile of maybes, that's when they look, start looking at demonstrated interest. And that's where they might start looking at your social media because mm. they're a tough time trying to determine who they're going to leave, give those last spots to. Mm-hmm. So that's where it matters. Okay. So the school may say, you know what? We're debating between these two students. We have one spot left. So we're going to look at see how serious they are about coming here. So we're going to look at demonstrating interest. Have they been coming to the tours? Things like that. Okay. Um, have they been reaching out? And let's go check their social media. Mm-hmm. And they check their social media. And you probably even heard these controversial situations from these Ivy Leagues where they turned down students. They've rescinded it because of maybe hate speech, mm-hmm. um, racist comments, things like that. Usually they don't look at that in the beginning of the process. They look at it later on in the process if they're debating if they're going to offer you admissions or they find out even after they've offered admissions and they check and they look and and they've been known to rescind. They've been mm-hmm. known to take back an offer. Mm-hmm. So that's where it may matter for particular colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a brand, right? It's a brand. Yeah. And, and, and do you align with their values? And you know what? You have to be careful too because sometimes, especially these really high, highly competitive colleges, Sometimes other students will tell on you. Oh, yeah. Why give give ammunition? So students must be very careful about their social media presence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if somebody is upset because they didn't get in, but your student got in, they can let the admissions office will look at this person who you just admitted. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I tell students, don't give anyone admission, uh, ammunition to set you up or to rescind an offer. So I do have that conversation uh, with my students as well, because that is important. So that's a great question. It is important. Um, Again, is it a deciding factor for most colleges? No, but for Mm -hmm. some, yes. So you don't want to take that risk. I have a friend who has a daughter, I think two daughters, who go to a very expensive uh, private school here in LA. And they actually, the kids actually video students doing things that they shouldn't be doing and they mm-hmm. send it like it's that competitive and vicious they will send that information that video of maybe a student fighting or maybe a student like you know doing something inappropriate and we'll send it to the college admissions people so you've heard that right so- yes from a parent he said he said it is so vicious he wasn't even ready wow yeah i, I was shocked yes yeah now, I've oh, heard happens. things in law school where people, you know, they're in the library rip- ripping out pages and things like that. I've, I've heard that. But mm-hmm. that's down the line. I did not know that parents and students were this vicious that they were doing things like this. It, it you know, it, I mean, most people would never think to do something like that. But there are there's an element out there. Absolutely. People who are willing to do something like that. Mm. Do yeah. you have any um, and I'm going to wrap this up soon, but. I don't want to use the word cohort, but do you ever have the kids who you've helped in the past come back and talk to some of the kids who may be going into their freshman year to help them understand, like, these are some things you can expect. Be mindful of this. This is the kind of peer pressure that you might run into. Do you ever do any of that? So I started my business in 2016. So it's been um, seven years. I think that's a great idea. I have not yet. Um, what I'm seeing now is I have actually several students now who are my who are my clients again who are going to like medical school mm. who are graduating. So this is new for me actually. This next stage in my business and and my client 
uh, you know, the, the type of clients that I have. So yes, I have several students who graduated from college, who I worked with, you know, uh, six, five, six years ago, who are now want to go to graduate school, who want to go to medical school. And they're actually my clients again. And we're talking about, you know, what programs. Um, but I think what you're bringing up is actually, is a fabulous idea that I'm going to look into because now I'm starting to have clients there who are graduates who could come back and speak to my new students. So yeah, it, but yeah maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe it's a little ticketed advantage or something like that, like a brunch and I love it they, and they can network and I don't know. It just, it, I love what you're doing and I, it, it's so needed and, and kids really struggle, especially foster youth their freshman year in college. So I, I think that would be, you know, something great you could think about. But anyway, <laughs> many students have, mm -hmm. you know, actually the majority, well, not the actually 100% of students, it is a transition. It's not always a bad or negative, but it is a huge transition for young people. So they mm -hmm. need as much guidance as possible. But yeah, maybe we can do, maybe we can even do a, a podcast or something, you know, regards to a brunch and having students yeah. and talk to, to students who are just starting their journey. I, yeah. I love that. That would be awesome. <laughs> I like look, that. Look at us talking about business. <laughs> Let's make it happen, Carla. <laughs> so I want to I want to know how people can can connect with you. Like, how does this work? Okay. So, like, I, like I said, I you know I start seeing um, students as early as middle school, but I also get seniors at the last minute in the fall uh, needing assistance. Um, so all my uh, meetings are via Zoom. Um, so they would just contact me. I'll, I'll give you my information. Do you want me to give it to you now? Or are you going to? I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. All right. Yeah. They can email me. Um, they can uh, use my cell number. Just text me, call me. Um, and I do have a website as well. Okay. Um, we'll put that there too. Yes. So uh, they could reach me through any of the, those forums mm -hmm. uh, and we can just get started. Uh, the first meeting, if the, the, the families want to join for the first part of it, the first meeting is usually two hours because it's just so much to cover. And then most meetings after are about an hour um and and also the there's no minimum kind of requirement it just depends on after that first meeting um what i do is write a, a summary send my invoice and then the student will talk to their parents about they'll have the conversation of how often they want to meet so mm -hmm. whatever is good for the family then we work that out um and uh that's how it works oh i love this are there a lot of services like this out there so you know there are um, there are independent there are independent college uh, admission counselors out there, um, but I already know that I I fill in a very unique niche mm -hmm. you know in regards to my background of kind of taking on that holistic approach, kind of dealing with the kinds of psychosocial piece of it, which I I feel like that's my parents are very happy. They're very happy. They feel very relieved. Usually they come to me very, very stressed. Um, but at the end of the process, my, my clients are not stressed. They're very uh, you know, and you know what else I like about mm -hmm. you too? Um, well, here's a question. You do yeah. out of state too, right? People don't have, yeah. you're via Zoom, so people don't have to be in LA, right? Absolutely. I, I, I have clients across the country, Florida, okay. Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing I like about you. One is you've had a success with your own children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have your daughter who has this amazing story and she has no college debt. And then you have your son who is, is on his way. Yes. Right. And so yes. like you have kids at different ages. So you've, 
and one's a guy and one's a girl. Like, I don't yeah. know. It just, to me, if you got like, you're, you're the right person for this. Because I, I have, I mean, not only my background, but just my personal experience. I always say that, that my daughter was my experiment because mm. when I started my, my business in 2016, I think she was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I actually, you know, a lot of it was just, you know, when I started my business, it was also just my own personal experience working with a young lady who, you know, as a black woman going into one of the most highly kind of um, competitive industries where there are not many black women, uh, you know, uh, women it's in itself in, in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I also have that experience with specialized programs as well. I love it. So, you know, very highly competitive programs, highly uh, specialized programs. So I've worked with several families regarding or, or students regarding uh, portfolios. So I have a tons of experience with portfolios in different industries um, mm. that are very, very highly selective. And I think I mentioned this to you before, like, for example, my daughter's program, they only in the in the program at USC, they only accepted 18 students. 18 students in that program. I've I've worked with two other students helping them get into that same program and both of them got in. Are you serious? So I'm three for three. Okay. Good about that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm three for three regarding helping um, students get into. So she has has a a friend now. She went to elementary school uh, with, and I think he's in his last year in the same exact program. And I helped, um, you know, the mother reached out to me. She was like, um, my son wants to get into the program your daughter went into, and he's he's killing it at U- USC, really doing wow. well. So, um, yeah, so I, I have that personal experience as well. Mm-hmm. And, and my kids are different. My son is completely different, going into a totally different industry and field, a different type of learner. Mm. And I'm very much uh, about uh, working wherever the student is, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, so... My, my approach is not cookie cutter. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I've worked with students who are 4.0s and I've worked with students who barely <laughs> graduated from, from high school. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, and I already, I'm very confident I'm going to be successful with either. Oh, you so, sure are. <laughs> you know, so, and, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I have that, that personal experience. I'm just very passionate about what I do. I love it. Oh my goodness. I love it too. I'm so proud of you, sis. I mean, yeah. I knew this stuff, but you know, when we talk like this, I'm like, this lady is really doing the darn thing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for saying yes to come on on the GYSB Talks. Of course. We'll do this again. We'll we'll do a a video format in the future. Yes. Yeah. Completely open to that. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Yolanda. And thank you, everyone, for listening in to GYSB Talks. If you want to follow Yolanda, how can they follow you? FocusOneCollege.com. They can email me at focusonecollege at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at focusonecollege. And I'm also on Facebook. And you okay, can good. probably find me on uh, through Focus One College as well. Okay. And if you want to connect with me, I am GYSB Movement on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And you can connect with me via email if you'd like. I am gysbmovement at gmail.com. And until next time, I will see you all later. Take care. Thanks, Yolanda. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
all content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.